All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a Thanksgiving week edition of the Monday Night Hammer. Um, I am Nick Rawl. Uh, you can find me at Run the Sims, Run underscore the underscore Sims on Twitter. Joined, of course, by Michael Sicoli, Michael underscore underscore Sicoli on Twitter. Um, you're back home. Uh, tell us a little bit about this cheesesteak situation um, that we oh. have going on. Well, after a lovely three-hour drive, and, and it normally takes two hours to get me from college, but I hit the road and then immediately sat still for a good 30 minutes. So Friday wasn't the nicest day, but today I went out, tried to get a little cheesecake, uh, cheese, cheese steak, excuse me, and it it didn't live up to par, Nick. It didn't. It didn't. And I trusted Long Island you know, food because Long Island food is typically pretty good. It's got a good array of people from all over. But it was it was dry. It was it was it was fifteen bucks. It was fifteen bucks for a four bite type cheesesteak per half. It That's was, not good. It was, I'm it, it I live enough. in Philadelphia. Literally, yes, I live in Philadelphia, right across, right right around the corner from like the famous Pat's and Geno's. Um, just letting everybody know where I live uh, all across the nation. Um, anyway, um, the best Philadelphia cheesesteak is um there's two and they're really like on the, on the outskirts of the city one is on the north side is delisandro's you got to get delisandro's if you're ever here and on the south side is john's roast pork um kind of down not not too far from the stadiums here in philadelphia but those are my two favorite a lot of people really like the a, a place uh near me um angelo's um too that's another good one they got good pizza I think people just like them because they got a lot of love on Barstool at one of the pizza reviews or something. Okay. But anyway, I digress. I got cheesesteak well, recommendations yeah, for sorry. days. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask. This is the most important question before we get into why people are actually here. What makes a good cheesesteak? Um, it what really makes it? is, is it like the peppers, they, is it the steak, the they, bread. They, the way they cook it together, um, it almost is like you don't know where the the cheese starts in the in the steak ends. You know what I mean? It's all like okay. it's a cheese steak, but really it's uh the way they do like the Italian bread around here. That's the that's okay. the, probably the biggest thing is the Italian bread and these old ovens that are like seasoned. Like you can't really duplicate that anywhere else. So yeah, a little Fair cheese enough. steak rundown yeah. for everybody. Um, all that's right, what, so that's we're what a couple want. minutes in already. <laughs> we're a couple minutes in. Uh, welcome to the Monday Night Hammer. Um. Let's uh, dive into some injuries, some big ones this week. Um, and we just got breaking news. Let's start there. Um, Justin Fields will be sidelined um, this week. Uh, and Andy Dal- Dalton will get the start. Uh, I'm not sh- sure how serious the uh, rib injury is, but serious enough that you're not going to see Justin Fields. Um, you want to touch on uh, what, what have you seen out of Justin Fields lately? Is he going to, was, was he getting ready to peak here before the injury? You're seeing what you want to see. You're seeing someone who's been getting on the move the last couple of weeks. You're seeing someone who's shown flashes. Nothing too consistent, but it's what you want to see from a rookie, which is improvement. And this injury is brutal. I mean, it, it's nothing serious. It shouldn't take him out long term. It's a bruised rib. It's the type of thing that I think he could play through if the game actually mattered. But this season doesn't really matter to the Chicago Bears. Uh, so Andy Dalton will come in there. He, I, ironically, Darnell Mooney was not doing too much when Fields was in there, but once Dalton got in, he had that, he had that huge ripoff screen. And I'd expect yeah. more of that where they're going to organize some short, quick passes. Dave Montgomery is going to be running to the ground on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's Darnell Mooney or bust. They didn't even have Allen Robinson this past weekend on a short I think, week. I, I mean, you can miss a gun. 
I think you you got to give Justin Fields some time in live action, and you do that in his last season, right? So he's going to stay out there. But I mean, like it or not, Andy Dalton's the better NFL quarterback right now. He, I mean, the offense was more efficient when he was in there. Justin Fields is still learning, but he's just got such crazy raw talent that they're they're willing to punt a season so he can he can learn the speed of the game. So. I think he's really exciting. Um, you'll probably be able to buy him low, and I could see him having a pretty big uh, second-year leap. Um, a lot of people remember uh, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott really had pretty rough rookie seasons, and then year two both just went absolutely berserk. So um, well, buy low on yeah. Justin Fields if, if that's a thing. Yeah, if, if that's a thing, definitely, because I believe, and I'm doing this off of memory, so I apologize if this is wrong. But Justin Fields was, I believe, the two over the last two weeks leading into this one was the QB eight in points per game. It's because yeah, they started yeah. because Maggie took a step back from play calling. So Bill Lazor stepped up, old play caller from Cincinnati, and said, "All right, right we're going to yeah. run some bootlegs. We're going to run some bootlegs. You're going to start being on the move, Fields. If you don't like what you see, run off, take off with it." We yeah, saw Justin yeah. Herbert rip apart the Steelers last night doing it, and Justin and Justin Fields can do it and better. So when Justin Fields on the move. He's very good for fantasy. He's good for the Bears. And what that's going to take is Matt Nagy getting out of town. That's honestly what yeah. we're waiting for. Yeah. His days are numbered. Yeah. Let's oh, um God. Let's take a look at the Cowboys receiving core. Uh looks like it's going to be led by Michael Gallup here on Thanksgiving Day because uh CD Lamb is very unlikely to clear the concussion protocol before that Thursday Thanksgiving game and Amari, um, his injury that held him out of this past game is a multi-week um, injury and um, COVID. Yeah. So uh, yeah, sorry, COVID, COVID, but also, um, so what do you think? Uh, Michael Gallup, is he, I mean, is he an alpha number one? Can he handle double coverage? What do you, what do you think? I I think Michael Gallup's an incredibly talented receiver. I, I thought that for, for a while and I think he's shown that he just hasn't really had the volume to make that. <laughs> Monu- that monumental leap that, you know, you might want to see before locking him in. But I'm locking in Michael Gallup this week. I'm locking in Dalton Schultz this week. We also had Zeke Elliott go down with a little knee injury, a little ankle. It was something on that lower body that he wasn't totally right. He said afterwards that he didn't think it was a big deal. He thought he could have played through if he needed to. He's not expecting it to keep him out Thursday. But it's something to monitor. It's something that, you you know, you might see a little bit more Tony Pollard than, you know, you might be accustomed to. But I'm, I'm lining up all Cowboys that are active again. It's I'm lining up Michael Gallup and lining out Dalton Schultz. I'm lining up Tony Pollard and I'm lining out Zeke. The question is, is if I'm in a total, if I'm in a 20, do I consider Cedric Wilson? That's, mm-hmm. that's my only question, honestly, because I'm playing the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, definitely be interesting to see how that shakes out. The Thanksgiving like DFS slate is a really, really fun one. So oh, Cedric so Wilson will probably be very, very popular um, just because you'll need them if you want to play all the superstars, but, um, but uh, yeah, let's take another look here. Um, just really quick. Cause nothing to worry about. Uh, AJ Brown um, seems to be um, toughing it out. Nothing serious in a chest X-ray. Um, Jordan Howard um, knee out for a few weeks, but Miles Sanders is back. It kind of rendered him irrelevant. I think, um, I think they're going to give miles a little bit more. Um Against uh, less of a tough defense at New Orleans. If you were worried about Miles Sanders, his stock is is starting to uh, to tick up. Um, Jarvis Landry, um, knee unclear, not looking good. Um, I think this one's important. Michael Carter, 
and we're going to see the type of oh, usage yeah. he was getting um, really over Joe Flacco, Mike White um, appearances, like insane, insane usage um, for a rookie. Um, and it's really a, it's a, it's disappointing. He, he goes down. This is a two to four week plus um, week injury, pretty, pretty bad ankle sprain. Um, what do you, what do you think about Michael Carter? It's it's brutal for him. He's not someone I'm, I was ever in love with. He's someone who's produced, but really on the back of volume. Um, but this is this is a big big indicator that Ty Johnson's about to make some big playoff pushes for people. He's he's been yeah. circulating on third downs. He's been a double digit fantasy producer for most weeks over the last mm-hmm. you know over the second half of the season. Uh, he came on in that once Michael Carter went out, caught a pass, didn't really do too much else this week, but. Again, with Michael Carter out, Ty Johnson's that he fills that void, and yeah. if Zach Wilson's back, that's he, that's a better indicator for Ty Johnson. You know, with this My one week is, sample size of Joe Flacco, I'd be a little bit more worried. But Ty Johnson is a pickup for me. My my thing about it is is yes, you're getting. I mean, Ty Johnson. I don't know that he's going to be the league winner. I feel like he's the oh, no. bridge. He's the bridge play just because the Jets that Jets volume like. Yes, he's going to get a lot of it, but it's such it, – we're going to see later. It's very inefficient volume. It's not volume that translates to fantasy points at the same rate that yep. like an average NFL team would. So yeah. Yeah. it's a, it's a trade off. And, but I mean, he's, I mean, it's last man standing. He's, he's going to get all he can handle. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that, that points per touch is why I'm not targeting Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman will probably mm-hmm. out carry uh, Ty Johnson, but I don't care about those carries at all. I care about no. receptions, and that's where Ty Johnson might get them. And again, with Joe Flacco, he didn't. Joe Flacco did not look his way. And if it's Joe Flacco again, that might be. It's a one week sample size, but Joe Flacco did not dump down to the running back. So that's yeah, it's something to be worried about. But if Mike White's out there, if Zach Wilson's out there, Ty Johnson's a locked in PPR play to me. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Definitely will be hot on the waiver wire. Um, I believe I told you to pick him up last week. So if you've been reading the waiver wire article, you already have Ty Johnson, but um, I'm not going to victory lap a Ty Johnson recommendation though. Um, not no, on this podcast. Um, <laughs> any other here? So a couple of quick hitters, Jamal Agnew. Uh, this one kind of surprised me. I didn't realize that whatever injury he, he sustained was that bad, but um, they placed him on the IR um, and out He's of Chapman. Yeah. yeah. So Jamal uh, Agnew's out for yeah. the year. Agnew is out for the year with a hip injury. It, mm-hmm. you know, people surrounded him as soon as he went down. It looked bad. It, uh, they're expecting him to be a season-ending hip injury, which, you know, as a guy that's really come on his own, you know, it's fifty to seventy-five percent of snaps. You know, ever since like week four, uh, it's it's, de- it's a hit for the offense and not really too much of a boost for anyone else. It's on a yeah. much lower extent. That's how I compared it. I, it's like a a Jaguars level Robert Woods hit. Of the guy who's running that motions, he's not there anymore. He's the guy that could be getting to touch anywhere on the field. He's not there. It hurts the yeah. offense more than it helps a, a But new here's the thing. Factor. Yeah, here's here's the thing. Like there's a reason Jamal Agnew is a special teams player. He's 5'10, 190. I mean, when you get players that size that aren't super freak athletics, high draft capital, like we didn't miss on these guys. You know what I mean? We didn't miss on Jamal Agnew. Like he 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 needs very limited volume, very explosive. He's just some some people can't deal with the the violence of the game. It's just a size thing. Um, so I just think that's interesting to think about. Um, I mean, 
I hope he bounces back and proves me wrong. Like, but he's just, you, you got, you got to have a certain size, speed, athleticism uh, profile to be a, a player that gets volume in the NFL. Um, is that a Tutu Atwell comment? That is a Tutu Atwell. That's a Tutu comment. Atwell comment. <laughs> um, Adam Troutman, what's the word on him? You put, you put him down. Yeah, Troutman, it, it was a little bit weird because Troutman had a, a, his best game of the season, honestly. And if, you know, if you followed me on Twitter, I, I pointed him out as a plug-and-play option if, you know, off the wire if you needed someone to plug. Uh, um, but he you know, played his season low – or not season low, but season low in snaps since week four. Uh, he missed a couple snaps, obviously. Um, and he was – oh, wow. This is as I, – I take it all back. Because he – I put him on this list because he was – he missed practice today, and they didn't act practice, but they projected it. But as of two hours ago, according to Adam Schefter, he's missing the next four to six weeks with a sprained MCL. So that's really a little bit tough for the offense. He's been someone who's been plugging and playing as a run blocker. So that hurts that rushing attack. And for someone who's been coming onto his own, Simeon's been hyper-targeting him. It's it's definitely a shame for Adam Troutman. Uh, Juwan Johnson's probably the next benefactor, but Nick Vanette's going to step in as a blocker. It's going to remain ugly. It's a shame for some of that. Troutman was looking like a potential second-half breakout with the way Trevor Simeon was targeting him. He targeted him 19 yeah. times heading into last week. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So a couple disappointing injuries there. But uh, onward and upward, um, yeah. So I don't know if the audience realized, all seven viewers, um, uh, the, I have the kimono on. Uh, which means we're going to take a take a look under the hood here. Um, so basically, uh, the long and the short of it is what I did was we t- we used to look at these numbers. Um, the past few weeks we've been looking at, okay, let's take let's take a look at the PPR leaders for the past four weeks. okay? So let me share my screen and just show you um, what that looks like. I got it right here. I got it right here. We're good. Okay. Um, so if you scroll down a little bit, Yep. Keep going. Right there. Okay. If you zoom in on that. So, so this is just the table that um, we've been looking at with PPR points. Um, There's a lot of information in here, so it's kind of tough to parse it all out, but the two things that matter most, right? If you scroll up to the top, the two things that correlate the most with um, fantasy points for running backs. um, If you, if you scroll up to the top to the first graph, Ah, yeah. yeah, right there. Okay, so basically what we're looking at here is that fantasy points um, correlate with usage, and usage is basically targets and um, rush attempts, right? So really tight line there. That means that at all levels of usage, um, it correlates pretty well with fantasy points, but it would be nice to know like who these dots are, okay? So what, what we did was I took usage, attempts slash targets, put them into a fancy algorithm, um, and I did it for the past four weeks and it will spit out this plot that will kind of tear players off and show you, um, what kind of year that they're having, um, uh, based off of just their usage. And normally the same people that are projecting well in this model are also scoring lots of fantasy points. And, um, the players that aren't scoring a lot of fantasy points, but are scoring high in the usage model. Well, those are players we should target. And there's a couple that we're uh, going to be able to take a look at here. Um, in a moment. So it'll make more sense once you see the graph. Um, if you could let me share my screen, I have an updated version. 
And what I'm going to do, Mike, is I'm going to ask you just basically like, it's like looking at patterns, right? Um, so let's see here. Where we got? All right, here it is. Okay, so. Do this entire time. Gotta love it. I'm killing it right now. <laughs> so, like I said, basically um, on the y-axis here, we have targets. So players that um, are near the top of this um, part of the graph are getting lots of targets. Your Ty Johnsons, your Naheem Hines, your Kenyon Drakes. Lots of targets, but they're over here on the left because on the bottom you have attempts. So these are rush attempts. So players up here are players that are getting lots of targets, not a lot of rush attempts, your satellite backs, your scat backs, right? And in terms of usage, this model says that Kenyon Drake is the worst. Naheem Hines gets a little more usage, um, a little more uh, target usage, but less run usage. And Ty Johnson's getting like no run usage, but all targets and the most targets. So, so those are like your scat backs there. All right, if you keep moving up here, Okay, this is grouping players up and to the right means good. This is more fantasy points, okay? So what you see here is your Austin Ecklers, your Leonard Fournettes, your Daryl Henderson, your, sorry, your Cordell Pattersons, your Mark Ingrams, players in the last four weeks getting a solid amount of targets, a solid amount of um, rush attempts, okay? So that should calibrate it for you. If you keep going up and to the right, you'll see we have more, more like of the elite backs, but also some surprises here. What do you notice here, Mike? I'm noticing I, – I, I saw Michael Carter all the way up there, and my eyes just shot up, um, which, you know, that, yeah. that might also be that, – that, that, that attributes to that volume that we were talking about. But uh, so, it also attributes yeah, to the so, inefficiency because it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, you could also view this as, like, every line is, like, a tier, right? And, like, the way the tiers break is really weird depending on usage. So that this accounts for that. So these are just, like, super accurate tiers of players, right? So typically, like, the more extreme out here, the more of an outlier you are. Like, I've, the only other players that kind of reach this point where Michael Carter is type usage is, like, CMC, right? Yeah. And he's not in here because he has a small sample. He hasn't played all four games the last four weeks. But this is, like, CMC usage, right? This is, again, but this isn't the fantasy point plot. This is the yeah. usage plot. So Michael Carter, when when you just do the, the fantasy point plot, he's like was like RB6 over this span or RB8. So he still really good, but not not outlier good, just because it's bad, it's bad volume. With it's bad volume on a bad team. No touchdowns. Yeah. That's 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 the problem because usage doesn't always attribute to touchdowns. It's it should, but teams like the Jets make them outliers. Yeah, yeah. So um, what's, um, what was, I put some, I specifically put some things in here because I, I wanted to see if you would catch them. So what else do you notice? What else sticks out here? Well, I noticed, the volume, that... sorry, I, 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 uh, I noticed the volume that Miles Gaskin's getting and Miles Gaskin is someone who I have contributed, continued to over the last year said that he's not that guy. And every week I see him get these touches and the numbers kind of prove it. But I think this is one of yeah. those rare opportunities kind of, kind of like Michael Carter, where bad teams and volume. It's not always a match made in heaven. Yeah. So the, the crazy thing is, is yeah, he's up here projecting with your Alvin Kamara's Deandre Swift. He's in that same like band here. Yep. Right. He's, he's very much like his, in his own little Island though, right here, but Derrick Henry. he should be, he, he should be um, scoring way more than, than he is. And the reason is, is maybe he's not all that good. I think he is. I think he's pretty explosive. 
Okay. Most likely, it's the the Dolphins having literally the worst offensive line in the league. That and also I think that is. that in a in a couple different places you look, uh, establish a run. Brandon Thorne grades them as the worst. Uh, PFF is is not kind to them in the rankings either. So um, yeah, good catch. Miles Miles Gaskins a weird one because the usage is there, and that's yeah. why you're seeing like he he's been flip flopping weeks. Is like good week, bad week. He was he had another good week. So bench him next week, right? Mm-hmm. What else do you notice? I also noticed um, Derek. What? Sorry. You want to throw Derek Henry out, by the way, just because he only has like one game in this sample. So that's like, if this were weeks one through six, he'd be like way up here. Sure, that that makes sense given usage. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I I can't help but notice Daryl Williams up there in terms of usage. And when you again, like you were saying, when it's higher up there, that's a that's targets really. That's boosting him up in terms of vertical y axis. So yeah. that's something that we've been yelling about for Clyde Edwards Hilaire to get. And he came back yesterday, did not get those shooting high targets. Mm-hmm. And when the model adjusts in a few weeks, I'm sure we could see that. But, you know, Darrell Williams getting that volume that CH didn't, that's an interesting trust, you know, thing that we're, we're seeing the usage play out here in this graph. Yeah. Alvin Kamara missed week 10, but yeah, he was getting like Alvin Kamara type target usage, right? DeAndre yeah. Swift, he was out targeting DeAndre Swift over the same span, like just behind Aaron Jones' target Eckler. share over the same targeting span. Eckler out targeting Eckler, like pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, this is again, a four game sample from week seven to week 10. So there's some bye weeks and stuff in here. So um, some of these players are a little mispriced, um, mispriced or, or misplaced. But um, another thing that, that stuck out to me was Jamonte Williams. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he's one where he's, he's disappointing in the sense that he hasn't scored touchdowns. His usage, though, is right. He's scoring right in line with where he should be in terms of usage. Okay. The thing is, is like we're just waiting for Melvin Gordon to go away, who's right here. He's getting a little bit more usage in the run game, less usage in the pass game. That's why he's lower into the right. Javante Williams is up here to the left. It's just if Melvin Gordon would, were to go away, Javante Williams is like that's a league winner. What do yeah. you think? Do you think that's going to happen or is Melvin Gordon here to stay? I'm starting to – I've been fading on my hopes and dreams that Javon Williams is going to get this backfield to himself. I have been saying since he was drafted that Javon Williams is this year's league winner, that he's the guy that has obscene talent that we see every week. He's almost at five yards per carry. He leads the league in elusive tackles or eluded tackles. He's amazing. But if he doesn't get that huge workload, he's not going to reach that huge – threshold that we want him to and it's it's yeah. like you said with touchdowns he has one on the ground this year one through the air which it, mm-hmm. that's anomalous for a guy of his talent and the guy of his size but i mean that's why he hasn't hit that top tier that we want him to is because he has two touchdowns one of only one on the ground yeah. which even even given his limited you know somewhat limited workload it's it's a little bit of an outlier that could be something that bounces back in the second half of the year or when this offense takes yeah. off here maybe yeah, yeah, definitely keep an eye on him. Um, Elijah Mitchell or Javante Williams, who you got there? Rest of season. Ahead, who I'd rather have. Um, yeah. I'm, oh man, I think I'll. They're take, both rookies. I think I'll take the shot on Javante Williams being my league winner because if Melvin Gordon goes down, I'm not losing with Javante Williams in my lineup. That's where I tend to lead. Um, and I do think Jeff Wilson, as bad as he is, is going to continue to mix in. They saw Trey Sermon get some work this week. Maybe he starts seeing some work. I, I don't know. Elijah Mitchell is still the That's guy. That's a there. good one. 
That's a good one, though. Trey Sermon got ten carries this week, but uh, Elijah Mitchell's the uh, Elijah Mitchell's the guy there for sure. But he has struggled to stay on the field so far. So who knows? I would yeah. rather have Javante Williams. It's it's interesting because um, it's basically 49ers running back for Javante Williams, which that was it was kind of like Trey Sermon was the 49ers back everyone thought, right? But yep. um, that ended up not being the case, unfortunately for me. Um, but 49ers back is now Elijah Mitchell. Throw draft capital out the window, which Trey yep. Sermon had. Elijah Mitchell didn't. Didn't matter. Javante Williams had the, had the has the best draft capital out of any of them, which that's kind of where I lean to is just give me the guy with the better draft capital because I'm going to let the NFL do the research for me, you know. Yep. Um, but so I'm with you. I'm definitely Javante Williams because he he went on day two and Elijah Mitchell went on day three. One. Javante has top five upside. Elijah Mitchell. Does. Yeah, that, 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 I think Javante Javante Williams creates for himself. I think Elijah Mitchell is more of a product of the run scheme 100%, 100%. in the 49ers. And it's it's interesting to see if his talent gonna gonna out outpace volume for the rest of the year. So that's a good one. I need to find someone to trade that with me. Uh, but I don't really have a lot of either of them. I really um, that's Elijah Mitchell after week one for for a 23 first, and I've been rejoicing it ever since. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a rejoicing. Um, but yeah, I thought this is pretty cool. I can run this for a couple different weeks. I've been playing around with it. Uh, real quick, I also did it. Um, we don't don't have time to dive into it, but I also did it with racer, um, which is basically yards over here, how many yards a player is scoring over how many air yards they they have. So how many? Basically, are you converting your air yards into real yards? And if you are. You are in the top half of the graph. If you're not, you're in the bottom half. So this is the top 20. No surprise here. Everybody in the top 20 is converting their air yards to uh, real yards. Um, the players who are outperforming it um, are, are players that are adding on top of that. So your run after catch guys, um, your players that are uh, scoring a bunch of touchdowns and, and catching their, their deep balls from their um, quarterbacks. So. Um, another cool one. We can take a look at that next week, but uh, let's talk about this Monday night football game. Um, what's your rant? You got a rant for us? I do. Uh, it's an interesting one. So I, I will preface this with a personal note of I need Tom Brady to score less than 16 points. I am in a very tight uh, home league dynasty game. I'm on a three game winning streak. The guy I'm playing is on a three game losing streak. We still have a few weeks left, obviously, but winner, we're each on the edge. We're each six and six or we're whatever we are, six and three at math. I don't know, but we're win and you're in right now. So I need time for you to do bad, but push that aside. Cause I just want to be honest. Mike Evans versus James Bradbury is the matchup to watch tonight. Now they've matched up six of eight. Plenty, times. plenty. They've matched up so long being, you know, when Bradbury was on the Panthers. So James Bradbury's shadowed Evans on 70% of his routes in six of eight matchups that they've gone against each other. That's since 2016. They have, between that, there are 60 targets, the second among, among any wide receiver cornerback combo. So just to throw some numbers at you, courtesy of next gen stats in that time, in those, you know, six of eight matchups that, you know, he's shadowed. There's a lot of yards and two touchdowns. He's picked them off twice. Separation wise, it's under two yards. That, for anyone who doesn't know the numbers, that's pretty dang good, especially against a guy like Mike Evans. 
Bradbury really does do great work against these bigger receivers mm-hmm. that don't separate as well. Um, so that's something that I want to watch. I think it's time to start tempering some expectations for Mike Evans tonight. If you're hoping for a big game, that might be something you might want to, you know, slow the roll on. The guy that, as a result, because I don't think Tom Brady's getting stopped as much as I want him to. So I think it's Chris Godwin who's going to have the have the work. He's going to catch some balls. He's going to have a solid PPR day. And Rob Gronkowski, in his return to the lineup, is in my captain spot right now. Because I think Rob Gronkowski catches the touchdowns. I think Whoa. that Brady Whoa. has missed Gronk a tremendous amount. The Bucks have been a bit toothless since Gronk's been out. It's been... You know, they're skating by. It's been They haven't been blowing out. Brady hasn't been the efficient self that he's been. He's missed Gronk so much, and they have not found – Cameron Brady's not Gronk, even at this stage of his career. Yeah, yeah. The offense changes a lot when they when they don't have Gronk. Um, Absolutely. So, I don't know, though. It's uh, They're so close to the playoffs. Um, they might they might be careful with them here. Not to throw any cold water on the captain spot. I love it. Sure. Keep that energy. Um, I'm not sure. James Bradbury – I mean, he hasn't, been what, to, he hasn't been what he has been in the past. Yeah. I don't know that if he, I, I feel like Mike Evans is still just balling and James Bradbury might, it, it just seems like cornerbacks wear down a little faster than wide receivers. Absolutely. Um, um, but we'll I, see. I, I, we'll yeah, see. Um, so yeah, you definitely need, um, you need Gronk to go off. You need Mike Evans to have a quiet day. And uh, you need Tom Brady to just chill out, man. Right. So I'm, exactly one touchdown to Gronk, and we're good. Right. I'll I'll take that in a zero zero game rest of the, or six six nothing game rest of the way. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, Perfect. Um, Perfect. I will throw it out that Evans has been in a bit of a cold spot. I mean, he has four receptions over the last over his last two games over three weeks. You know, he's turned that into two touchdowns. So you haven't felt it, but you know, it's been you know four weeks since we've had a five point Mike Evans game. And statistically yeah. speaking, knowing how Mike Evans plays and given the matchup that we see here, it seems mm-hmm. like something that we're a bit overdue for. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Let's close this thing out. Um, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy um, Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, it's Mike and I's first go at this. So if you have been watching, uh, shout out to you guys. Thankful for you. Absolutely. Um, thankful for my co-host here at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli. Um, you can you can find him on Twitter. Um, Michael Sicoli, fellow Steelers fan, uh, thankful for, for fantasy, thankful for, for fantasy sake, qc.com. It's where you can find a couple articles from us every week. Um, I got a waiver wire article dropping tomorrow. Thankful for the mobile party experience. Uh, that's our sponsor. Um, so hit them up if you have any mobile partying needs and, uh, yeah, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And, uh, I'll, I'll let Mike, I'll let him send us off later guys. Oh, yeah. Enjoy Monday Night Football. I'm thankful for everything Nick just said. I'm thankful for Nick Roll right here at Run the Sims underscore run or run underscore the underscore Sims. I don't know if I just got that right. I'm still working. It's all I'm, good. I'm a learning in progress of the concluding part. But I want you guys to all enjoy Monday Night Football. I want you guys to enjoy Thursday night if you or Thursday day football. All the food on the table. Be thankful. It's been a tough year. Thankful for everyone who's been tuning in. I reiterate all that. So. Thank you. Enjoy the game. All right. Later. See ya.